realize that like the cozy genre has like kind of infiltrated because here I am I'm writing like about you know he's a mafia guy and he's dangerous and he's crime kind of thing uh-huh. killing people and doing deals and and then all of a sudden like in chapter five he's got a Pomeranian named Reese's <laughs> Pop Cup you know like I can't I can't get it out of my head but like there has to be some goofiness. Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast. I'm Christy Meyer, your host, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and plenty of books to keep your TBR piles toppling. So grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. Hello, my cozy friends. Today we are doing a giveaway before we jump into the episode. So Tara Lush or Tamara Lush is going to be our guest author today and we're giving away copies of her cozy mystery Live and Let Grind and a copy of her romance novel Crash. So to enter, be sure to head over to my Instagram account at Get Cozy Podcast. Be sure to follow me and Tara at the.book.lush and comment on my post today and let me know if you believe in Bigfoot and you'll find out why I'm asking that question in today's episode. Hello, my cozy friends. Today we have a very fun episode of Get Cozy Podcast for you. Our guest author is not only a Wattpad sensation, she's also the author of The Coffee Lover's Mysteries, which I know so many of you read and love. That's right, Tara Lush is with us today. So welcome to the show, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I've been reading your books for a very long time because I was a very big Wattpad reader, so this is going to be a lot of fun for me. Yes, we have that in common, the whole Wattpad cozy (laughs) nexus. Yep, exactly, exactly. And we were chatting a little bit before the show, but uh, I do feel like it's just the perfect time of year for a little cozy escape to Florida, so I'm so excited to chat about your series And I was wondering if you wanted to kick off the conversation just by telling our listeners what the Coffee Lovers Mysteries are all about. Sure. Uh, They're about a a former journalist who gets laid off from her job and she returns to her Florida hometown uh, of Devil's Beach, Florida. That's a fictional island in the Gulf of Mexico. And she becomes a barista. She takes over kind of co-managing a cafe her father owns. And she solves murders in the meantime, Um, not because she chooses to, but because she kind of stumbles over them, sometimes literally. (laughs) And she is assisted with a variety of sidekicks, including her dad, who is kind of this old hippie guy, and her barista friend, who's a goth girl, and there's a Shih Tzu named Stanley. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love it so much. And I... One of my favorite things about Cozy Mysteries is a lot of them feel like just a beautiful escape. Like you get to go to this different location and be part of a different community for a little while. And these books definitely feel like that for me. They're a perfect beach read and definitely something that I would recommend to any Cozy Mystery lovers who love coffee cozies for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think the cozy readers really want to feel, I think we all want to feel like we're part of a group, like a group of friends, yeah. or a group of found family. And I think the cozies do that really well. Um, they 
simultaneously welcome you into a community and a friend group while mm-hmm. also dealing with murder, of course. Um, but the murder, people kind of band together and become like this team. And I think that's what's so awesome about Cozy Mysteries and Cozy Mystery series is that the reader starts to feel like they're part of the sleuths team and friend group. And I think that that's so satisfying to read about. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree completely. And I've never felt like I was part of a community just from reading a book as much as I have from Cozy's. Um, So yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite parts about Cozy Mysteries in general. And the characters that you have in your series that create your community are just so much fun from Lana to her dad to her best friend Erica and the adorable dog Stanley that you mentioned. So which character is your favorite to write? You know, I think it has to be the dad character, Mm -hmm. Peter Lewis. and I will share something. So the character is almost entirely based on the, my own father. Uh, he is okay. very similar to my own father. Um, my father's name is Peter. And when I was starting this series, when I first started thinking about this series, I initially thought about having, you know, like an aunt or a sister or a mother, uh, another female figure. But then I, I kind of thought about a lot of cozies and I, like the dad character is rarely like a gossip mm-hmm. or the sidekick. And so I thought that might be fun. And then as I was writing it, uh, my dad had a cancer scare. He's oh, totally fine now. Good. But um, yeah, but so I thought I'm going to name the, you know, the character after my own dad, since he's so much like my dad, my dad is very much, um, he's from California and he's mm-hmm. kind of new age, woo, he, he does um, smoke a lot of medical marijuana, just like the character uh-huh. in the series. And so it's all very, uh, it's all very funny and gentle. But my dad is also really supportive of me. And I, that's what I wanted to get through with those characters is that Lana's dad is just super supportive of her and really warm and loving. And I just wanted to, I, I didn't want there to be like in a lot of my romances, everybody's got parent issues you know mm-hmm. everybody's got like a daddy complex or they have issues with their mom or right. you know like in romance I write sort of darker um, more angsty romance so everybody always has like issues from their childhood but I didn't really want that in my cozies I mm-hmm. wanted there to be like a functional relationship like a really good relationship so um, I love writing the scenes with her dad because they're just hilarious yeah and oh my goodness i i love reading them her dad is such a fun character and that's so fascinating to know that you kind of based him on your own dad that's so cool yes absolutely and he only read the books um when he was in lockdown during the pandemic Uh so he read them then and then is now up on it now he gives me tips and he's all about it so that's he loves being a character yeah yeah that's so neat that he gets to kind of participate with you as well. I bet that makes it even more special. It is, absolutely. And I have to say, another thing that I really enjoy about this series is that Lana has previous experience as a journalist. And so for me, that made it very believable. Like sometimes you have to kind of uh, suspend disbelief with Cozy Mysteries, which is completely fine. But when you have a journalist who turns to coffee shop owner and then encounters a murder and jumps into the investigation, it's all very believable. And I was wondering if you feel like the skill set that she developed in that position helped her in her amateur sleuthing. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I set it up. This was my first cozy mystery series. And I wanted, I I had always sort of thought about writing crime fiction. Um, When I first started writing fiction, my very best friend, the person I've known the longest in this world, she said, why aren't you writing 
you know, crime fiction? Why aren't you writing a murder mystery? Why aren't you writing a police procedural? Because uh-huh. I, as a jur- I was a journalist for many years okay. and I covered crime. I covered, I covered a lot of crime in Florida, actually. Like that was my beat for many years is crime reporter. And I also worked in Miami where I, you know, everyone covers crime at some point in time. And um, I wanted to write a story with a happy ever after with justice. So that's the cozy part right there. Um, And, you know, I wanted to be able to write it. I I wanted it to be believable to me, at least. I knew if it would be believable to me, it would be believable to readers. So Mm -hmm. it made sense that if she was a reporter, a former reporter, that she would have these skills. I, you know, some of the things that are in this series I had tried in various romance series and pieces you know I had a journalist as a heroine and I had place as a character and I I tried those in varying romance series and it didn't it didn't quite work Mm -hmm. and I was sort of wondering at one point like why aren't my series my romances because they were self-published why aren't they hitting the way that I think they should be and it sort of has like I've learned so much since then and I've learned that I'm a plot driven author and that I like to write humor and that I like to write places as characters, Uh all things that are like um, hallmarks of the cozy genre. Yeah, definitely. That's so interesting. I'm always fascinated to learn how people get into cozy mysteries because it is kind of like a niche genre. Mm -hmm. So that's so interesting to hear your answer to that because I was wondering how you kind of went from writing romance to kind of getting into to cozy mysteries yeah you know my very first romance which is now on Wattpad it was actually picked up by a small publisher when I initially wrote it and I Uh I got an agent um but I've since gotten the rights back and it's now on Wattpad um you know that was actually a romantic suspense and it was actually like a pretty dark romantic suspense um which should have told me something right then but I was not sort of listening or smart enough to listen to myself. I probably would have kind of gone down the path of like more romantic suspense and then to cozy mystery. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of authors who write both of those. And I think that that's sort of more where my talents lie. Like I'm, I'm definitely very much of a plot driven writer. Uh Like I like it when the characters have external conflicts and have to solve external problems it's harder for me to write, you know, pure emotion angst. I don't know why that is. Maybe I just don't have a lot of empathy. It's It's hard. hard. That's a really hard thing for me to do. Um, So cozy fits me in many ways better, although I still write romance and I love writing dark romance. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of, but, and it's very, my dark romance is very different than my cozy mystery. Yeah, it is. But Very they're, <laughs> they're wonderful. So listeners who enjoy dark romance, definitely check out her books, which are under Tamara Lush, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's my real name. Yeah. Okay. Um, my cozy publisher asked if I could write under a pen name because I think a lot, and rightfully so, you know, because of the Amazon algorithm and also because a lot of cozy readers, you know, might not take a chance on somebody who's, you know, written for best women's erotica right. like I have. And I get that. They're two very different things. So yeah, yeah. they're they're definitely different places on the market. That, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. 
but I do know a lot of people who enjoy both. So I, I personally enjoy both and I, I think our listeners would enjoy picking up your romance books as well. I definitely recommend them um, either on Wattpad and you also have some that have been traditionally published um, through Wattpad and are, are at bookstores now. Yes, um, there's one series. Um, it's kind of around a Formula One racing family and group of friends. Um, Drive and Crash are out and then Burn comes out next year in March. Um, and I think, you know, I actually think that cozy readers who like my voice um, and don't mind a little sex in their stories, I actually think that they probably really like those because they're they're not super erotic at all. Um, in fact, the burn is not really steamy all that much, the one that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. So I think that people might enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I was going to say that you can definitely tell the books are written by the same author. Because I mean, your your cozy mysteries do have like that lighter uh, feel that cozy mysteries have, mm. but you can definitely tell that your writing voice is the same person. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of the writing voice. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to. That's what makes your book so great. Thank you. <laughs> so you mentioned that you like making your setting, you're setting a character in your books and Florida certainly feels like a character itself in this series and I do enjoy how you poke fun at the whole Florida man thing on your Instagram account especially (laughs) knowing now that you wrote headlines (laughs) for news stories in Florida yep absolutely so yeah I, I thought it would be fun if we played the the Florida man game today and we each read the top Florida man headline from Google for our from our birthdays um, and listeners if you want to play along all you do is you type Florida man into Google and then your birthday and birth month and then just see what headline is the top one that comes up it's really it's really fun let's do it all right so you can go first Tara what is your headline all right I've got a good one okay this is the first one <laughs> December 10th Florida man used flamethrower to settle parking dispute <laughs> As Which one I can totally see. Yeah, I mean, I like that might not even, I might not even bat an eyelash if I saw that happen in real life. <laughs> oh I don't mean gosh. to say that, but I've seen a lot in Florida as I a crime bet, reporter. So, I bet yeah. you have. That's really funny. That's a great one. Yep, yep. Okay, so mine is March 4th, and it's Florida man accused of jumping naked on neighbor's trampoline before breaking into home. <laughs> Uh, there's and that's like a hallmark of the florida man is that he has to be naked or that he's you know in some stage of nudity um the other is of course that he has a machete like i before i moved to florida i lived in vermont so i had no idea that people just owned machetes um (laughs) but here they do and there's always somebody with a machete or inexplicably a sword also a lot of people in florida have swords swords okay I don't know why. I mean, I don't have a sword <laughs> or a machete, um, but I think I'm the only one who doesn't, honestly. Oh my goodness, that is so funny. And you, you know, like that game for me, it never gets old because it changes sometimes like what the top <laughs> the top article is. Exactly. So you just kind of, you know, semi-regularly have to check and see what your new, your new Florida headline is. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I do something a little similar on Instagram. I have fiction or Florida. Uh huh. And so it, you know, people can decide: is this headline fiction or is it Florida? Yeah, it's almost always Florida. So. <laughs> I love that you do that. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. If you're not following Tara on Instagram, like her account is amazing, and she does super fun things Thanks. like that. So you should be. 
Thanks. You did a post a few weeks ago, I think it was, that I just like, it, it spoke to my soul. So I just wanted to mention it. We we're talking about how romance is a very maligned genre and how you mm -hmm. think that cozies are an even more maligned genre because not only are the protagonists women, but they're typically middle-aged women who are one of the most invisible groups in all society. And I thought that was so true and also very frustrating. Um, and so I just wondered if you wanted to comment on that at all. Because I was, when you post that, I was just like, yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's something that I've been thinking about for a while. And, you know, obviously romance is a very maligned genre. Mm -hmm. it, you know, everybody makes fun of it. Everybody talks about, oh, I'm reading a trashy book. Even people who write it and read it say things like that. And I have really mixed feelings about it. I have even mixed feelings about calling it smut, honestly. Because yeah. I don't think that all romance is smut. And I, no. I think that that's a little... I don't know. I think that that's a little um, pejorative, personally. Mm -hmm. But with cozies, I find that people don't even like make fun of it. It's like it doesn't even exist. It's right. just this genre about, you know, these Angela Lansbury-like people, which we all know isn't true, mm -hmm. because cozies have a variety of protagonists. And I think the genre is just getting more diverse in terms of age and race and um, gender identity, sexual right. orientation. Um, but a lot of people just, you know, they just assume it's like murder she wrote and the people who read it are all like, you know, knitting and 90 years old. And it's just <laughs> not the case. I think that there's just this whole group of people of all ages who want to read like a, kind of a, a fun mystery that will end happily that isn't going to depress them or disgust them with you know lots of gore or lots of violence um you know personally i i love reading that because there especially in the last like i don't know four to six years there's been just so much going on in our world and it's like you need a place to go as a refuge mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't want to read about love and relationships sometimes you want another plot and yeah. that's why cozy mystery is so wonderful because you get that yeah, I agree completely. And I feel like it's a, it's a little funny how sometimes um, in the literary community, like any kind of uh, books that have like a, a happy tone that are romantic, that are fun, that are comforting or looked down on, like the only emotions that we can value as a society are like serious and dark and hard hitting, which is uh, which is silly, in my opinion, like obviously having like a, a nice escape is very valuable and important to a lot of people. And I think cozies are just like the ultimate feminist genre because you have these like women who are just everyday women uh, in any kind of role, like some of them are like bakers or knitters, like we mentioned during mm -hmm. like doing the stereotypical female type roles but then they're also becoming the heroes of their stories they're saving their community they're restoring justice and i love that i think that's an amazing message absolutely i think you said it really well and i don't think that people i don't think that we as cozy authors kind of bill it like that maybe we should be billing it more like that i also think that you know Lately, especially, there's been a couple of pretty big blockbuster hits like Knives Out, Glass Onion, yeah. and Only Murders in the Building that have kind of pushed the cozy genre a little more into the forefront. And yeah. you can kind of re realize that like it can be a really special, fun thing. And, you know, for all ages, not just people who are older. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That I, I think that's really cool. And then we have some, uh, like, I would say they're traditional mysteries, um, like Dial A for Aunties and Finley Donovan mm-hmm. is killing it. But those books are ha- have like a lighter tone. So I feel like they open the door to getting people to reading cozy mysteries. Um, so it's been cool to see all of that kind of become more more mainstream and get more and more cozy readers in the door. Totally, totally. I I, I mean I, I I've been really impressed with kind of the um, kind of the growth of the cozy community on Instagram too. Yeah. Like everybody always has told me like, oh, your readers are on Facebook and everybody's old on Facebook. Well, that <laughs> may or may not be true, but I I love Instagram and I think there's a whole you know like sort of group of cozy readers there who are younger and you know I, I I think it's an untapped market and hopefully we can all take over TikTok soon too. Yeah I know I'm seeing more and more <laughs> cozies on TikTok definitely on Instagram and the the cozy mystery readers that I see on Instagram are like such avid cozy fans like they just have yes. you know those the mass market uh paperbacks just everywhere in their houses and it's it's so cool to see people so passionate about the genre but then we also have like really big bookstagrammers who are like here and there picking up cozies now which is also really cool i love to see that yeah completely completely and i think that people are starting to realize you know the covers are amazing the puns Mm -hmm. are awesome the titles are incredible so i think once when people give them a chance it's like it turns out to be really special yeah yeah and especially now like you mentioned that we are seeing like more diversity, more social themes, um, yeah. got books like Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala that are just like absolutely killing it that everybody is picking up and raving about. And I just think that's so cool. Totally. Totally. Love those books. Yeah. So uh, getting back to your books. So I did want to talk about the romance because you have a super swoony romance. Unsurprising, <laughs> since like we mentioned, you are a romance <laughs> author. And I would definitely categorize your books as rom cozies. Um, so what ah. are some romantic cozy mysteries you would recommend? Hmm. I think one that I love uh, is Cleo Coyle's Coffee House Mystery Series mm-hmm. that's set in New York. I love, you know, I think also there's sort of this fallacy that all cozies are just super sweet and saccharine and that there's never anything remotely angsty that goes on. But if you read like Cleo Coyle's books, it's like there's love triangles yeah. and she's hooking up with her ex-husband who's like really frustrating and kind of a jerk but also really hot (laughs) and then there's the detective and he's kind of in this getting a messy divorce but there's all this attraction and then she like hooks up with some other random guy and like books two and three and then something happens to him and I don't know like I think that those are good you know they're very traditional cozy mysteries but I think that the love story in them is really I I I read it that series partially just for the romance in mm-hmm. it, yeah to it's see what would happen romance. with the romance mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite rom cozy even though I don't know it would be really targeted as a rom cozy um the other one that I really love and again this I feel like pushed the boundaries of the cozy genre but it still fits um I don't know if you've read Aria Winters and the Tiramisu of Death no I'm gonna add it to my list though so it is, it's called, it's, it's billed as a macabre cozy and it's set in England and it's written by a person from England, it, but there is a little bit more on page sex. So technically probably it doesn't fit neatly into the cozy genre, but it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I loved that book and can't wait to read the second in the series. And I thought that the romance in that was 
really great. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. Um, and I, I totally agree with what you said about Cleo Coyle's series. Like the romance is phenomenal. Um, and mm-hmm. it does also like kind of toe that line between, between like traditional and cozy mystery. Like I think in the, the second book, there's um, chapters from the murderer's perspective. So it gets a little yes. bit darker. And I yes. really enjoyed that. Like I feel like there's so much depth in the cozy mystery genre and so many different types of tones and books to pick up um so yeah I'm excited to see people sampling a little bit because I feel like the the light fluffy ones aren't for everyone but there is a cozy mystery for everyone absolutely absolutely I mean I I tend to I can't say that I tend to enjoy lighter ones because there's a lot of times when I feel like I want a more a darker read but i'm a mm-hmm. i'm also a pretty huge fan of uh domestic thrillers like that's what i kind of like to read if left to my own devices i uh-huh. i don't always read exactly uh what i'm writing um the other romance that i really enjoyed in a cozy and i don't know if you've read this one it came out i think maybe last year um was smile beach murder oh have yes i have I really love the romance in that. I thought it was really well done and and swoony and just, I thought it was just, I really enjoyed that book a lot overall. Again, another reporter cozy. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed that book a lot. Yeah, I did too. And I think um, the second book, I think it's Murder on Mustang Beach. I think it comes mm-hmm. out um, next week, actually. Mm. Oh, good. Because I really love that a yeah, lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely be picking that one up next week because it's, nice. it's a great series and it does have some uh, some darker themes to it as well. It's definitely got some substance, but it does absolutely feel cozy. Um, and she definitely got me reading Mary Higgins Clark books again, which I hadn't done since yes. junior high school. Oh, so. yeah. See, I think there's a lot of people who I think there are a lot of readers who did read sort of cozy or cozy adjacent books in high school. Like maybe they Uh weren't reading the books that I was reading, which were like Erica Jong and really inappropriate romances that were steamy and wacko, you Uh know, like the Harlequin Presents from the 80s. Right. Um, But I think there's a lot of people who read those. Like when I was younger, I did read Dorothy Sayers. And I, I think there's a lot of people who did read mysteries and they just don't maybe know that the cozy genre is called cozy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how widespread that is amongst like non, you know, book people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like you have to kind of know books a little bit to know about Mm -hmm. cozy mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely. So we mentioned that you are a very popular writer on Wattpad and as someone who used to spend a lot of time on Wattpad, (laughs) it has been really fun to see all your success there. So can you tell our listeners about what Wattpad is and then what your journey there has been like? Yeah, I've had a really incredible journey on Wattpad and it it is it continues. Um, I so Wattpad is a story sharing site. Um, It started initially about 15 years ago as a site where you where people could put books in the public domain. So, you know, classics, basically. And then people started to put fan fiction on there. And then people started to put their own original fiction. And it's just swelled from there. Wattpad now has like 90 million unique visitors a month. And they have an app called Yonder. And, you know, they have a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I actually started writing a serial novel um, in 2017. I actually wrote a romance and I, I ended up putting it on a competitor of Wattpad called Radish. 
and it was doing really well there. And so I thought, you know, there's a lot of overlap, you know, a lot of crossover between the Radish readers and the Wattpad readers. Mm -hmm. So I put up books on Wattpad as well, some of my romance, and they took off. And then eventually Wattpad asked me to be one of their paid writers. And I did that and I got book deals and I'm a creator. I just, I have a lot going on with Wattpad. I really like them. I think their publishing model and sort of their overall view of the market is different and innovative. And I, I really appreciate them. And like the idea of getting in front of readers, I, I mean, I could write a chapter today and post it and have people comment within an hour, mm -hmm. you know, and that's so satisfying. And I, I really do love serial fiction. Like right now I'm writing a very long mafia romance serial for them. And, you know, it updates a couple times a week. And right now I think it's like 75 chapters and I'm nowhere near done. Uh -huh. So this is just like a long sort of Jackie Collins like saga of a mafioso <laughs> and a young reporter, as a matter of fact, I went back to my roots and did the young reporter thing. So it's pretty exciting. And it's a fun story to write. That's awesome. Yeah. So listeners, if you if you haven't checked out Wattpad, it's definitely got a lot yeah. of amazing, amazing stories on it, including uh, Terry's, which are, I believe, under Tamara Lush on Wattpad, right? They are. Yes. All my romance is under that name. My Wattpad username is Tamara Lush and that no space is nothing. So that's where all of my romance lives on there and, you know, on Amazon with the published books. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I had my books actually published on Wattpad too. I just recently pulled them down because I'm going to publish them on Amazon, um, but they nice. did pretty well. Like I won a, a Wadi Award in 2020. Which was oh, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I think I had like almost like a, a million reads. I was really close to it, but I really uh, wanted to hold the physical book in, <laughs> in mm -hmm. my hands. So my sister-in-law yeah. designed a, the book covers for me and we're releasing them on Amazon this year. But WAP has a really, really cool site. And I do think for aspiring authors, it's also a great way to get feedback on your writing. So if you're just learning to to write and you want readers to tell you what they think of what you're doing, it's a great space. Totally. I found that the, the vast majority of commenters there are actually pretty kind. Like mm -hmm. you would think like, oh, unfettered comments, that's, you know, <laughs> like a terrible thing. But it's not. It's actually everybody's really helpful. And I really like that you can join um, book clubs on Wattpad and read other people's work and comment and they comment on yours. And it's a real community. And I've read I've, I've met such a good community of writers there, mm -hmm. like just a supportive, awesome community. And I, you know, I went to WatCon last November. Oh, cool. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun. And the people I've met through Wattpad have just been all amazing and brilliant. And, and it's not all romance. Like romance is obviously their biggest genre, like mm -hmm. it is anywhere else. But um, there's a lot of really interesting and diverse storytelling going on there, yeah. you know, um, and that's the other thing is that the readers are from all over. Like, I would say that for my romance, only about 25% of the people, the readers on Wattpad are from America. Most of my romance is from outside of the United States, which I think is really cool. Like, I yeah. love that. Yeah, that is really cool. It's a, you get to reach like a, a completely different readership mm -hmm. than you would like yes. publishing anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, mystery, cozy mystery doesn't do as well there as romance. Mm -hmm. And my readers all sort of know me for romance. So when I, I, I tried a, a cozy short story there and they were kind of like, I'm not sure like, what, what this is, is this. <laughs> like, when are they going to hook up and have sex? <laughs> right. um, and obviously they didn't. And they were like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah. So because they're so like, because my readers are so used to, you know, like totally bonkers mm -hmm. stuff um, without getting too graphic. So, sure. um, <laughs> so yeah, cozy mysteries are, but I do have some crossover, but it's, it's not, it's a, it's a little different and they're younger. They're uh -huh. a lot younger, like yeah. in their teens. Yeah. Which sometimes makes me feel really old. Like one time I said, I wrote in one of my romances that the person had feathered hair uh -huh. and somebody, one of the readers, the young readers were like, what, what do you mean by feathered <laughs> what hair? What is that? <laughs> I'm going to go walk out in the field and die now of old age. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I like I had yeah. some references to like 90 shows. Um, in one of my rom-coms that I had on there. And yeah, they had no idea what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. It's very humbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's it's funny. But yeah, that's a that's a great platform. And I'm excited to read your Mafia series on there. That sounds like a lot of fun. It, it is. But, you know, I realized that like the cozy genre has like kind of infiltrated because here I am. I'm writing like about, you know, he's a Mafia guy and he's dangerous and he's you know, doing crime kind of things uh -huh. and killing people and doing deals. And and then all of a sudden, like in chapter five, he's got a Pomeranian named Reese's <laughs> Pop Cup, you know, like I can't, <laughs> I can't get it out of my head, but like there has to be some goofiness. You I know? love that. But, I mean, you know, even works. mafiosos are going to have some kind of depth, right? <laughs> Multifaceted personalities. <laughs> I don't, but see, that's the beauty of the cozy genre is that the readers appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not entirely sure that readers appreciate it in romance and way in, in like the way that I want them to. Right. But in cozy, I am guaranteed that somebody is going to love Stanley the Shih Tzu. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. The idea of even a Shih Tzu named Stanley makes me laugh so funny it's so cute like we have so <laughs> we have a, a weenie dog um oh. and we named him dickens uh after oh. charles dickens but also because he's uh -huh. a weenie dog so <laughs> yes. yeah i i i i'm with you <laughs> with the slightly you know, inappropriate that's really pet funny names because my my best friend had a wiener dog named dickens as well really oh my goodness yes that's i didn't so know that funny. was like a was like a thing with wiener dogs yeah I've guess. never heard of anyone else I thought I was so original <laughs> no I thought yeah I mean I had no idea love wiener dogs I think they're so cute oh, oh. they are like just you know animals that are slightly disproportionate for me are yes. just like the cutest yes or animals with like long boxy bodies mm -hmm. you know like any animal that looks like basically a shoe box yeah I think is like adorable adorable yeah like corgis and like moose just <laughs> just things yes. that are just awkwardly shaped so yes cute. absolutely absolutely <laughs> so we've talked about writing cozy mysteries and we've talked about romance but I'm wondering is your writing process different when you're writing one versus the other mm sort of but it's because at currently <clears throat> the romance that I'm writing is a serial novel so I only write like a certain number of chapters a month uh -huh. and that instead of you know serial novels instead of there being like rising action and a midpoint and kind of a black moment at the end serial novels are all like up and down and up and down there's it's they're long so so yes, like not plotting as heavily, like I plot my, my mysteries pretty heavily, mm -hmm. you know, I like down to the chapter, I'm very, I'm kind of a stickler with the plot on the mysteries, but the romances, I kind of, am just like, okay, well now what this needs is a hurricane, you know, like I'll just, <laughs> it's like put every, the cereal, you put everything in the kitchen sink in, right? but 
obviously you can't with a mystery and there were you know i feel like cozy mystery readers like the structure of the genre and the mm-hmm. word count and so i don't i try not to get too crazy with the plotting of yeah, the cozies. that makes sense that does make sense serial yeah. writing is different because i feel like um it's harder in some ways because like every chapter has to have something in it that's extremely entertaining or else nobody's going to come mm-hmm. back a week later to read the next chapter. Right. Yes, absolutely. Like it, it it's it's a lot of action all the time. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody who likes to write a lot of external um, conflict, it's perfect. I think that serial novels, sometimes I don't think they work as well with like traditional contemporary romance uh-huh. because- it's there's not a lot of external conflict but like science fiction horror stuff like that does really well yeah yeah I agree and I do feel like it kind of um changes the way you write so even when you're writing like a a traditional book you're still like every chapter you're still kind of writing in a almost like a serial way where you're throwing like some kind of cookie or something in there that's really Mm -hmm. entertaining and engaging because it just kind of gets ingrained in you and I could mm-hmm. see that in this book I was like oh I can tell that she writes serially because every chapter is engaging like in and of itself oh well I'm glad you said that thank you like that makes me feel good because I try um and sometimes I do worry that it's like oh I've got another cliffhanger like I <laughs> I try not to have the dun dun amnesia cliffhanger like right. I do in romance but <laughs> sometimes it's a little hard but it it's a hard habit to break but I'd rather have people be like that felt really short and I finished it yeah. quickly then it took me weeks to finish. Yeah. Know? Sometimes I feel like it's authors that say you shouldn't do that and not readers because <laughs> readers you're like we're like yeah like make me want to turn the pages make me want to not put this book down and stay up all night. You know what I mean? Right. Well that's the whole point. Like I I want them to turn I want them to read it quickly. Mm-hmm. I want them to crave the next thing. So yeah. yeah. I feel like it's more authors that are like oh that's gimmicky but readers are like yes we love this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't get too caught up in that. I mean, I I realize that what I'm writing is, you know, largely pulp fiction mm-hmm. in all ways. Like I'm not I know I'm not writing the next great American novel, you know? Like I'm not out to write something super literary right. and weighty. Like I'm I'm here to entertain. Exactly. You know? And I I don't think that we can uh say how valuable entertainment is to us as human beings enough so to me I think that's very important work yes absolutely I do too I do too and I don't think we talk about that enough but Mm -hmm. yes you're right to mention because I saw your cover reveal you did for your upcoming (laughs) cozy mystery Gator Queen and it looks like so much fun like I cannot wait to read it uh, everybody that I know on Instagram that reads Cozy Mysteries was just like buzzing about it the past couple of weeks. So what can well, you tell is... us? <laughs> I love to hear that because Gator Queen is something I had been thinking of for a while. Um, when I started writing the Coffee Lovers series, you know how everybody, you're, you're an author and you think about other, you know, other plot ideas that mm-hmm. come into your head. Um, and after Tiger King, I the 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 title came to me, obviously. <laughs> That's um, so great. And I started writing that when I left journalism in 2021. And honestly, my agent couldn't sell it. Like my agent, I have a whole, I have the whole book written. My agent couldn't sell it. Um, a lot of the publishers said, we really like it. We think it's funny. 
Um, but it, it it's just, it's a little, it's a bridge too far for our cozy readers. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it is cozy. It's very cozy. Um, but you know, the heroine is an alligator trapper. It's not something like super feminine. Right. So I decided at first I thought, well, maybe I'll put it on Wattpad. And then I thought about it some more and I'm like, I'm going to self-publish this. I'm going to make this a series because I have all, I have all these other ideas. Um, and so basically Gator Queen is about the story of a woman who grew up in Florida and then she moved to Boston and went to college and she became a, a zookeeper in Boston in the reptile world and her father had been a gator trapper in florida and he before he passes away he on his deathbed makes his daughter promise two things one is that he'll she'll take over his gator trapping business and two she'll take care of her twin sister who is opening a romance bookstore because she's a little creative and flighty and not so down to earth as Uh our heroine maggie um and so she returns and becomes a gator trapper and the prequel novella um, is out now and that's free and so that's how Vera and Maggie adopt their kitten like that's sort of the origin story of their kitten okay and then Gator Queen comes out in September and it's about how another gator trapper named Gator Jean uh gator is Jean. Gator Jean <laughs> is killed and Vera Maggie's sister is the prime suspect um and so future installments will include um Bigfoot uh they'll include Instagram influencers, pythons, um, <laughs> possibly the skunk ape, which is like Bigfoot in Florida. Right. Just a lot of wackiness. It's like, um, it's kind of like the Coffee Lover series in that it's very Florida oriented. Uh-huh. Probably a little further, like probably a little closer to Carl Hyacin, but still without like the sex and gore and violence and swearing. Oh but goodness. there are alligators, but no alligators are killed. We explain that. In oh, the good. Story. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like the perfect book series to me. That sounds like so much fun. I I really, you know, it's one of those things where I was really crushed when publishers didn't take a chance on it. I knew it was going to be a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really believe in this. So I and the covers are unbelievable. The designer oh, so Lou Harper is unbelievable so i'm excited um both the cover of the kitten caper the prequel and gator queen are really good yeah oh they're so great and like (laughs) i i think they'll do well in the self-publishing space um it's it's really cool that the self-publishing industry has given authors a way to publish um so easily now and yeah so i'm really excited to see how these do and read all the all the books and i'll definitely post um a picture the day this airs that will include the the cover so our listeners can go and check it out because it it's just so fun Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, I had to like balance, like I didn't want there to be big, scary alligators and she doesn't trap any in the, in the first book. I don't think this is a spoiler. She doesn't trap any big gators. She traps a, a, a some baby gators, uh-huh. but there is a giant gator who will be in the entire series. Like he's kind of her, you know, like a, he's kind of the white whale, the Moby Dick kind of creature. And his name is Chubbs and he lives on a golf course. <laughs> Oh and there's God. a real Is life that like a, a happy Gilmore reference. <laughs> I know. I you know what? I just took it from um there's a golf course not too too far from me uh-huh. and there's a giant alligator. His name is Chubbs. So That's he's it's so kind of funny. A, Cause, uh, and he just lives there. We had a 
Oh, goodness. It was, I can't remember the specific type of um, lizard that we had, my husband mm. had. His name was Chubbs, and he named him mm. after Chubbs, who is in the movie Happy Gilmore, which is about mm. golfing. So well, maybe that's really that, funny. The golf course might have, yes, the golf course might have named him that, actually, uh-huh. after that. Um, but he's also, the real life Chubbs is really large. He's like, I don't know, 15 feet or I mean, wow. he's like an enormous alligator and they don't kill him. Like he, he just kind of hangs out on this golf course. So yeah, so there is a Chubbs who lives in the town in Gator Queen and we meet Chubbs in the first book, but nothing happens with Chubbs. I'm excited. So, I yes. I think uh, gators are fascinating. Like we went on one of the alligator airboat tours when we were in florida yeah and it was Uh so cool to get to see that because i mean obviously we don't see those in in utah so (laughs) yeah i mean i've i've covered a lot of alligator stories in my time i bet um you know and like even my dad from california came a couple weeks ago and we went down you know we went to a couple parks just to walk and we saw we saw baby gators we saw big gators i mean I live in too urbanized of a place in the city to have gators, I think, but mm-hmm. they're they're not far either, like maybe a couple miles away in a park. Um, like I don't worry about it where I am, but if I lived in certain places, I would. Like and all freshwater has gators, so you just stay away from it. Right. It's not uncommon to have a gator. The gator queen opens with a man calling Maggie to get a small gator out of his pool. And uh-huh. that's really common like gators and swimming pools yeah oh I bet yeah you you don't even think about that because you all have pools yeah. down there too so I bet that happens yeah. all the time oh yeah no it happens a lot not yeah I mean mostly more toward like where gator queen like toward the south mm-hmm. like the southeast coast is a lot of gators because it's kind of near the Everglades and yeah you know and there are crocodiles but those are mostly in salt water in south Florida oh, okay okay I did not know that distinction yeah. 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 There's a lot of critters. Like I figure Gator Queen can go on for a while because there's just a lot of like things that we can, I can write about here. Like a lot of weird, creepy. Right. Yeah. And you have like so much uh, inspiration there in Florida to draw from. So that's amazing. (laughs) It's true. And yeah. And I think that I'll even touch on like the Bigfoot Florida legend. I watched all of that, like hunting for Sasquatch silly series back in the day. Yeah. A friend of mine, she writes um, the Freaky Florida Investigations. She, her name is Margaret Lashley. She's uh-huh. a cozy writer. She lives in my same city. And we um, we just went to a Bigfoot conference a couple weekends ago. Awesome. Research. So, yeah, that was pretty wild, actually. That would be awesome. Yeah, my, uh, we have lots of Bigfoot stories here uh, in the mountain hmm. area as oh. well my dad says that he saw him once and his story's pretty pretty wild so i believe wow. it wow that's pretty cool yeah yeah there's there's a lot of people here that that say they've they've seen him so or her wow i don't know wild i mean there have to be like baby bigfoot you I would, would think, think so. that, like there's just one bigfoot no i know? mean if they're in utah and florida there has to be multiple right. <laughs> well there was a guy at the conference who like calculated how many bigfoot like creatures could be in florida and he came uh-huh. up with like 70 to 80 interesting which isn't that many yeah they did like a whole calculation hmm. so yeah yeah I, know. I love it you've got to back up the the mythology <laughs> with science and math <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> oh that's so great this has been 
been so like seriously so much fun. This is going to be one of my <laughs> favorite episodes oh, of all time. Thanks. I can already tell. I knew we'd have so much fun. <laughs> I, yeah. know. I knew we'd have so much fun. I can't wait to meet you someday. I It'll know for sure. Um, but before we sign off, do you want to just let our listeners know how they can connect with you online and then keep up to date on all of your upcoming book releases? Sure. My website, which I'm going to update this week. <laughs> That's always the bane <laughs> of my existence is updating yeah. my website. Um, is taralush.com, T-A-R-A-L-U-S-H.com. Um, and then Instagram is like my personal go-to social media site. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the period book period lush, the book lush on Instagram. So yeah. Perfect. Best way to find me. Yes. And like I said, her Instagram account is amazing. So definitely go check that oh, out. Thank you. And Tara, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a blast. Thank you. I've had a blast. It's wonderful. Thanks for asking me to do this. Of course. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with another episode very soon. So stay tuned. That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy reading and stay cozy.